Hey fam, welcome back to another episode of I'm Telling You. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you. What do you do? <laughs> what, <laughs> you, like, the way you just like. All two right. weeks in a row that you've messed that I've up. I've been on for less than a minute and I've already derailed us. <laughs> That's my job. That's what I do. But yeah, uh, as always, you're, uh, your host, Philly D. Mr. Gemini. And our fact checker extraordinaire. JD. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we actually have a new email. So um, this one's a much, much easier. It's just ity at directionsandmusic.org. That's, That's ity at directionsandmusic.org. Yeah, I know. So now you don't get no more double L's. Ha ha. I took it away from you. That's what I did. And actually, it was just- And now you get to keep one and we don't have one for the show. Well, right. Because, yeah, I'm going to have, uh, I have my personal, which is uh, Philly D, P-H-I-L-L-Y-D- at directionsmusic.org, and then you got yours, Gemini, G E M I N I, at directionsmusic.org. Yeah, so you can get a hold of uh, just one of us, or you can actually hit all of us up. So yeah, if you hit it to ity, you'll get you'll get any one of us, and we'll all actually one of us will always respond. So yeah, please by all means continue that conversation. Reach out to us, and we'll go from there. See what happens. Sure will. Yeah, as well as, yeah, first-time listeners, this is a 30-year friendship. Um, just two dudes chopping it up, making fun of each other. Dad quotes. Talking about nothing and everything. Dad quote, dad jokes, movie quotes. Dad jokes. No, dad quotes, because we do quote our dads. <laughs> so it's technically. True. There is truth to this. It's a truth fact. Yeah, a little, little Freudian slip, but I guess it's honest. There you go. Get your merds wixed. Yeah, I did. Well, I put the correct and fastest on the uh, wrong syllable, but you know, that's I got okay. It. It's still got it there. I think they they know they know our heads at this point, right? Well, I mean, if they've they been listening this long, yeah. So, yeah, first time listeners, you're like, "What is going on?" Everybody else is just like, "Yeah, that's about right." Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look at that. Yeah, Who knows? two minutes. We might in. talk about Gremlins, Transformers. We might I mean, talk probably. About, um, I don't know. Some, Most likely, some scientific or philosophical or spiritual. I mean, we have discussed quantum physics and string theory. Yeah. Um, concept of time. But we've also just sat here and like made fun of each other. Well, or try to make connections between the, the scientific and the spiritual, right? Uh, the new book I've been reading and all that, all that stuff kind of ties everything all together. You know, like, um, like I was saying, it seems like he's drawing from a lot of Dr. Dispenza. Dr. Dispenza. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what... Dr. I mean, Joe. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Joe, Joe Dispenza. Dispenza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just to announce it again, yeah, in his book, Becoming Supernatural is the name of it. But yeah, how many, how many connections he makes with, with kind of Eastern spirituality and how it has basis in scientific fact now that your physiology can can change based on your mood basically your ability to keep in a in a high vibrational rate i mean i can i can agree with a lot of that you know i mean um like uh what do you want to call it the eastern philosophies where they talk about uh you know your chi and having different points in your body where that chi flows in and out and having all that stuff aligned so it's not even like the idea of chakras but it's even further because it's points on your wrists and your hands and your elbows. And I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. 
Well, which doc, I think Dr. Joe to, broke it down to the, the actual electromagnetic force field that's yeah, yeah. around the that's, human that's body. That's exactly where I was going with that. Right, exactly. So the, the, if, if that's in a state of harmony, your physical health is more liable to be in a state of harmony. And the, the, possibly a lot of the things that trouble us you know, physically, whether it's uh, you know, disease or just some kind of acute symptom that pops up now and then. That, such a disease. That it could all, <laughs> that it, Dude, you know I had to go there. It could all be re- related to, to being out of balance in your polarity, basically. Right, right. And that if you were able to fix that, which in a lot of cases, it seems it's, it's all in your head, man. <laughs> How many times have we said that? I mean, it's all in your head. I say that a lot. I mean, even when I was raising my kid, that's a lot of what I explained to her. I was like, dude, it's literally all in your head, kiddo. You know, if you think it, it will happen. If you focus on it, that's what will be. You know, especially, and it's the same thing with like how we perceive stuff. You know, we were, we were talking about the one time where it's like everything that you think you're seeing or smelling or, you know, touching or tasting, any of that kind of stuff. That's your brain's interpretation of information. What was the other one? Whether you think you can or you can't? Well, yeah. You're right. You are correct. Yeah, it's the Henry Ford one. But yeah, my, then the, that's why, I mean, it's it goes beyond just the mindset. It really does manifest itself because, I mean, it's you're you're literally watching a movie inside your head. You know, your eyes aren't showing you this. Your eyes are perceiving it. Your brain is showing you that information as this. Uh, one of the one of the cool takeaways I get from from reading the book, just in the readings I've done just today on the book, is um, like this this whole reality around us that our senses don't pick up, but we're aware of because we have machinery now that we've developed to be able to pick up on it. Stuff like, you know, we see a certain spectrum of light. We hear a certain spectrum of radio or auditory frequency with vibration within the air, but anything above or beyond a certain, you know, endpoint in our spectrum, it just disappears. It's as if it's not there at all. You know, so you you imagine all the rest of reality. I mean, or the small snippet that we call reality, and is that you know really real? It leaves a whole lot of space. Like you said about whoever quoted the ninety-eight uh, percent of your DNA is throwaway. Yeah, the throw, yeah, the throwaway DNA. Actually, oh. you said that. I quoted you for saying that. For yeah, and I forget who the who I, I you was were, quoting. Well, I think you were t- quoting Dispenza, where he talks about how others say others say yeah yeah the stuff that we haven't figured out. The, it's like well, we don't. It's whatever. Just I don't know what the actual percentage is, but I like the way he looks at it. That he looks at it more like maybe that's just building blocks that are out there to grab to to put together your life and your physiology the way you want to. See, and I equated that to um, Joe Rogan uh, talking to uh, Jesse May. They're talking about how we, the way we connect as, you know, uh, the example being, you know, you think of something and it happens, right? Or you think of somebody and all of a sudden they call you. And this goes beyond like mom, child, you know, family relations. So it's not a, like a blood connection, like twins kind of a thing. It's this literal of any human that is allowed to connect to another human. You just thinking about them and all of a sudden something happens because of that. So is having that 
ornate ability kind of like already on the surface, you which know, happened, telekinesis is like right around the corner in a sense. Which happened first though? Like did the event happen first and then you quote unquote perceived it or did you perceive it as it was like- Well, yeah, like did you think of that person because they were about to call you because they thought of you and you're like, you know what? I or should totally call them. Cause the event to happen or- Right. You, right. Did or we- Manifest you, it. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the we, that's a concept. You start touching that, on like law of attraction with that. Well, that's a concept where you start delving into a more spiritual nature, and it's it's interesting to see that it seems like Doctor Joe is trying to tie in the idea of the mystical being that you know, hey, you know, this can actually be scientific, and like looking at all kinds of medical studies. You know, um, taking a sugar pill for four to five people can provide the same cure in a sense, as the actual medication. Yeah, I remember that conversation. Um, and the reason that that works is because of this mind-body connection that I'm always hitting on. I mean, I know a number of times that I've brought that up. Wasn't that his placebo versus post-sleep no effect? I think it was um, antidepressants was the study he was mm. specifically talking about, but he said mm. four out of five of the people that were on the placebo had the same effect had they had the actual medication because their mind believed it. Right, right. And because their mind believed it and they had faith in it, it didn't matter if it was real or not. That they're, like like he says, you get in that positive state of mind. You stay, it's easier to stay in a positive state of mind because you feel like you've had that magic pill and it's going to work. It's like this weird... Within, yeah, it's like this weird... Within, Sorry, within the study of chronic pain, they've also noticed that <laughs> patients that have hope, it, they end up healing better and faster. Well, he says even things, even things like pain. He's like, you wake up in the morning, you wake up in the morning, and you, you, it's not until you 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 go, oh, the, there's that pain in my shoulder. Say you one more time. <laughs> well, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find a way to word it, kind of like you know. Well, then take a moment to collect sense, your thoughts. But, um. You know, because you expect certain things to happen because of past events that you're, you know, you're emotionally tied to it. And that just in, in the thinking of it, you know, if you were to, if you were to take your consciousness out and put someone else's in, it's not your body that has the problem is kind of what he's saying that. Well, yeah, that's a part of like disassociative disorder. You have alternate personalities, and I mean, each one has its own effect yeah, on like, each piece. Like, like yeah. quite literally, with something like that, like a personality within that group of people yeah. within your head, sort of, speak, yeah. that one of them could be physically allergic to peanuts, right? And the other one would not be, right? You can turn those on and off with that personality type, yeah. But it's 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 this linked to, to a me. state of mind. I agree. And uh, I love the fact that someone's out there trying to kind of tie those things together and say, hey, you know, maybe it is all in your head. Maybe I feel like this is a lot of like uh, even what Bruce Lee did with uh, Jeet Kune Do, where he tried to explain that like the rules of physicality, like the the, you I know, would, the physics of this world, they're, while they're rules, you can bend them. That's why he was quicker with less can't muscle in a break sense. them, but you can... But yeah, well, because I mean, yeah, there's certain there's certain rules or constructs within or certain Bro. context within the construct of this world that it's like you you just can't get beat. like gravity exists like the one inch punch, bro. I mean, yeah, right with a guy that and what I mean, I don't know. You'd have to look it up, but would I mean he wasn't he was maybe five eight. I mean he wasn't a big guy. I mean maybe 
What, you mean the guy he did it to at the competition? Like, no, like the Bruce, one that's videoed? Bruce Lee himself. I mean, he was like, what, 160 pounds or something like that? I mean, something like that. He was not a big dude, but no. he could, he could with a one-inch punch, move somebody nearly twice his weight across the room. Like, or not six, across. Six feet, five feet, whatever. <laughs> from a one-inch punch. I'm like, dude, the, 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 and he would say, like, I'm basically moving the chi from, from, the tip of my toe on my right foot all the way through my left hand. You know, yeah. it's moving through my entire body. Yeah, he's so gathering all of that up. The punch isn't starting at the arm or the shoulder or, you know, even the torso. It's starting at your foot on the opposite side of your body. Yeah, his moves were basically like when you take the towel and you like wet it and like roll it up and so you go to snap it, there's all of that, like that movement whip. into it. Yeah, you get, yeah, you're literally mm -hmm. whipping. I mean, isn't that what like... um a lot of what jujitsu and stuff like that's about. It's like taking your opponent's Using energy. The whole body, yeah. Well, yeah, you take their energy and kind of redistribute it back to them. So you take their moves and use their energy to just roll it. But you're not trying to you're not trying to stop their attack. You're just re redirecting it. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's why a lot of the different moves you're really not exerting yourself uh, as far as like that much energy. Your opponent's putting way more out there, so you're you're literally wearing them down. Without even having to like beat them up, you ought to fight without fighting. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I love that line. <laughs> well, that's that's the the concept. Basically, the the end all of that is it, it's a state of mind. The idea is to avoid the fight at all costs. You so know. by redirecting it, that's the same thing you're doing, whether it's verbally, emotionally. You know, you're just you're just disengaging from having any you know emotional attachment to the argument. And let it, in probably most cases, fizzle out. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> and then I guess you get that you get matrix-like view of the world where it just seems like you can. There see is the, no spoon. You can see the code, right? Right. <clears throat> seems like that's how it's described, anyway. Well, and to it, like it, it extends the idea of. You know how we've talked about uh, like lucid dreaming, being able to tie into the other side of things, you know, which we call the Akashic records. It's like there's you, actual knowledge there. It's not just your imagination. There's, there's something well, you're tapping into that's more than that. It's just, it's in a whole other, you know, like you were saying before, it's that other side of things. So, you know, you know, that 98% throw away DNA, those are the different things we could be unlocking where we could resonate on that alternate level so that we could see that alternate perception, parallel universe, whatever. Like, so we could legit tap in and out of it and like move ourselves as well as, you know, like but astral projection, all that, like with just, just the thought. I mean, I don't think it's all that uncommon. I mean, as, as humanity in general, I mean, I think, I think most people have had moments in their life where they've, they've kind of done something that they still can't explain. Like, you know, suddenly knew that a loved one was in trouble. And when they reached out to him, they found out it was true kind of thing, or, or even more mystical than that, you know, whatever direction, but I mean, I think that's completely, but the ability to, to know and control it, you know, and that's what I think is so fascinating about reading stuff like this is that, that he's saying, you know, through the proper meditative techniques where basically you're trying to remove the self. I mean, it's, it's, it's trying to shed the ego for a moment and, and just disconnect from the body 
as it were, as from the, the material world, which is, you know, it's a meditative technique as, as old as seeing to like and, older than written and spoken word. I'm, I would want to be more in tune with my body, but still understanding on that greater level that I'm separate from my body. Well, this is just during, this is just during the meditation for the technique is, is basically what he's saying is to get in that, in that area of creativity where you can turn on and off these markers, these genetic markers or, or, um, produce a protein that you need for something or a steroid. I mean, like all these things, like maybe what's going on with the skin in my hands could be solved by just basically a, a meditative, you know, breathing and, and focusing technique where you're, you're in a way you're kind of separating yourself from your body or even if it's just 15, 20 minutes. And this is where I'm like, and how healing is, that can be. And that, that if this is the thing that you believe in, then you got to do it. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah. Wait, are you challenging me? No. <laughs> just that's how I would. That's. I mean, that's what I do. And I think we've I think talked about it. That it starts with just having a positive frame of mind about things. So I mean, I think you should always have a positive frame of mind about everything. And that's that's one thing that's really interesting about what he's telling you. Because I mean, when I think about it and I apply it to historically the moments in my own life, you know, you realize that there's situations you found yourself in that because you judged them as bad or good, you acted in a different way. But had you not acted in a different way in reaction to that situation that fell on you, a greater fate could have befell you than what you experienced. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where there, there could have been an opportunity had you been open to it. Your perception going in blocked you of the blessings that were about to happen. Right. I mean, how often do you think that, you know, and I don't know if you've ever reviewed moments in your life like that where you're like, man, it, had I not been so so stuck on this being like a terrible thing and actually kept my eyes open to what was going on, I might have actually benefited in the long run or, or I might have gotten a, a piece of information that could have helped me out or met a new friend or saw something from a different perspective because I was willing to listen for a moment, you know, like just, I self reflect on a relative regular basis and I do so to pull a lesson from it to, to learn from it. So I bring up old shit so that I can learn from it and then I move on. And it could just be like, okay, say you're recapping something that happened to you and you're during your day, whatever. And something I say, whether it's directly or not, like triggers a thought process that makes you see it from a whole different perspective. And, right. you know, it's, it's weird how perception can change your whole, you know, I could just say something silly in the moment, not even thinking just, and you could kind of play off of that and run this little scenario in your head and go, oh, I totally missed that aspect of whatever it was, you know? Isn't that what we do here? Well, this is not the whole purpose. No, the whole purpose of this show is we know that there's at some point we're going to discuss something, say something, be a part of something that's going to change things for the better. And we have no idea what it is, but we're aware that that's our part and we're going to play it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've already done it for ourselves and other people around us. So we know it's already worked in that fashion, but we were just talking about the old episode that we'd. Oh yeah. From series one. Yeah. We were just talking about that from, well, from, 
the green room in series one, right? It was well, it was both episodes. The the we actually, I mean, yeah, one had more specific uh, information, like a story and whatnot that you're talking about, but both of those were for the same exact reason. And actually, I I keep coming back to that when I'm when I'm reviewing our current content is that I would like to go back to that whole, and I, I hate to say like um like a PSA type thing, but I, I <laughs> something clicked with me and I know it did with you too. The, that moment during the episode that we're talking about where we kind of broke the wall for a moment and said, Hey, anybody out there, don't yeah, ever, we, don't yeah, ever go did. to bed angry. Make sure you say, I love you to the people that matter to you because yeah. you don't, you don't know if you, if you're going to see that person ever again, right? You, know, you could wake up in the morning. You could not wake up that person, maybe something happened. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, you could walk out your door and get run over by a bus. I yeah, mean, it's the greater point is just be appreciative of what you have. So instead of cursing the, your, yeah, your spouse or your, one of your loved ones or a friend or somebody at work or any, like, instead of being over that, something that like when you, in the big picture, the big scheme of things, like, is it really that important? And well, I mean, regardless, it's whatever level of whether it should or shouldn't be, it should never be because yeah, you just, every moment you have is precious, precious, and you should be trying to, my press, <laughs> and you should be trying to utilize it to your, to its integrity. You should, you should be appreciating every moment that you have, even if it's pain and suffering. I, I tell you, man, that was probably my biggest, hardest lesson is being able to go back to my past, look at the pain that I had gone through. And instead of cursing it as a pain, seeing it as a place of growth, and from those places, like I've only gotten stronger and more happy, like more loving, more everything that of just positivity, you know, you just got to embrace your pain, man. Move past that stuff. Well, and in, and in, in some instances, I've been able to look at past events and go, it's so funny looking back on that now, how unimportant that would be to had it happened to me right now. Like you were, but you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you were yeah, so yeah. engrossed by it and it meant the world to you at the time, whether that's, yeah. a, you know, um, puberty and chemistry going on. I don't even know, but you know, you, you don't have that fully formed frontal lobe yet. You know, you don't know who you are. So there's a big, I always say, who, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you saying? What, what way? I will, I will. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey whiskey sorry oh. oh the safe word didn't work anyway what I was I, I do, you do that and I just totally lose my train that's so funny uh, um, oh, I'm pretty sure you were pretty much wrapping it up anyways That's I usually wait until you like seem like you're closing to, to really interject with yeah, stupidity you totally derailed me there but that's fair enough yeah no it's, uh, it's good yeah. Well, I mean, um, but this whole thing about how your your perception of of things that have happened and because of your experiences in the past, because you're focused on the past, you're more doomed to actually recreate the same conditions. To you know, well, that goes to the law of attraction because that's what you're focused on. That's what you're going to get. Oh, and that's what I was getting at. That in your in your youth, you set yourself up on this this really topsy-turvy in a way like so many things have to be right for you to be okay you know whereas as you I, I don't know and that's just my experience as I get older it seems like 
you know, there's fewer and fewer things that really matter to me. So it doesn't feel like I have to balance everything on this, you know, teeter totter of, of all these things have to go exactly this way and balance out for me to feel good. Right, and anything right. that's off of that, you know, so I am getting a little better at that as I get older. And I think that's what I'm, there's no one thing that I could pick out to say, oh, that's something that, you know, I mean, okay, for example, like, and I never understood when I was younger, like I, I still care about how I look, but um, I mean, I was ridiculous when I was a kid. I was always so worried about, you know, and some of that probably has to do with me being a little bit overweight that, you know, I was very particular about what I wore and how I wore and that it matched and that, you know, and now as I get older, I'm, I'm like, eh, I mean, it's clean, you know, whatever. I'm good. <laughs> right, right. Wore it for five days. It doesn't smell yet. <laughs> I mean, as a man, I can, yeah, I can admit to the smell test. Just thinking the quick Big Hero 6. I haven't done laundry for like six months. Do you, I know. I, know. I wear underwear for like four days. I wear it yeah. frontwards. I wear it backwards. I wear it inside out inside and frontwards out. and backwards. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but no, I don't do uh, that. I actually wear clean clothes. You just derailed clothes. us. Thank yeah. you. With, well, no, that's hey, that that is what I do with stinky humor. Literally, the best kind. It's so raunchy. That's what you were saying that one night. It's like fart jokes just work. They're funny. dude. Fart jokes are funny. I mean, farts are funny. So jokes about farts are also funny. It's like, people, it's like an ipso facto. People talk trash on fart jokes. People talk shit on fart jokes. <laughs> like no, that's that's not how that goes. There it is. But everybody always ends up laughing at them. See what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's they're uh, not my favorite, but they're a solid number two. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? Uh, oh, we need a rim shit on that. But um, bump, that was oh, good. Ding. That's what I'm saying. No, her her timing is impeccable. It's always uh, always on point, and you add quality content. That is for sure. Sometimes I think it should just be better if it was her and I, and not you. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. Dude, I need you. I can't do this without you. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that right. Is this my... Is yeah, it, no. Is I need you. I said it. Okay. I think I heard that. Yeah. I need <laughs> you. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> I'm not that emotionally oh. needy. I just really, you know, it does sound good, you know. It's <laughs> the words of affirmation, you know. Who's saying it? You know, it sounds good. You know, I need you. No, no, man. no, I always say that like whatever it is you bring, I need a little of that in my life. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't care who's hitting on me, man. Compliments, a compliment. Thank you. I don't give a crap. Have you had that before? Where you like, want, you want to tell me I look good? I'll say thank you very much. A straight guy and a gay guy hits on you, and like you can just, you know, hey, oh, what's well, so when I was younger, I mean, I'm not into that, but word. No, when <laughs> I was younger, I was a barista and it was across the bridge from, from New Hope, and you had a ponytail. Um, a man. No, at that point, no. I had started shaving my head. Oh, okay. And I wasn't sure what. Yeah, no. When I started working, yeah, right before I started working there, I'd already shaved my head. But yeah, no. uh, Quite a bit of the clientele were like older gay men, and not like old, but like older than I, because I'm 18. So they're like you know like late 20s, early 30s, stuff like that. They would hit on me like crazy, and yeah, man, Mm -hmm. I played up for them. Why not? I don't give a crap. You're gonna just hit me. Point at the tip jar, just. 
Oh, you know, I was like, you know, that typical like sassy waitress where it's like, you know, just enough to put on a show, but like no touchy, no nothing. Like, like wish, you know, like. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like go ahead and play up with it for him. But yeah, no, you, mm -mm. you ain't going nowhere. I'm still leaving alone. Thank you very much. And yeah, they just, cause my one dude that I work with, like, you know, I think that's, that's, that's true masculinity. Be comfortable enough to flirt with a gay guy and, and make it clear. Like that's. We're just joking. Like this is, oh, no, it's they fun. would flirt it's with play. me. Games, I would just but... play back and just kind of like either play it off or just, you know, be like, well, if that's what you're thinking and then just like always, walk away. Like I always nah. worry about those guys that are like way over the top homophobes. Cause I'm like, I don't, maybe there's really something there. And why are you so worried? Like, what are you trying to hide? Well, that's exactly, that's like closet case kind of stuff. Right. It's always that, yeah, like, big, that. early like yeah. jock that, has to lift like 350 on the, I got to bench 350, man. I could, yeah, I don't, whatever. I don't. Well, and that goes, perception. That, and every, he needs someone to perceive him one way because he's actually another. Well, and like every two minutes, it's like, you fucking gay, man. You know, like, like I always, I always wondered about everybody that I was, that I ran into like that. That was like so homophobic. And, you know, who well, knows? some of that's also like nature. And nurture, so how they're raised, the environment. That's, so that's true because that true. their parents yeah. or parent or whoever raised them is so specific in one way. I mean, you saw what was um, American Beauty or the culture or environment they live in. Well, yeah, like American Beauty, the uh, the next door neighbor, the dad was actually homosexual, and he was putting it on his kid that you can't be that. Well, it was he was literally projecting his own negativity because he was fighting his own feelings and mm -hmm. so because he was beating up his kid about it it was like no it's all on him in the first place but, because he doesn't like himself it has nothing to do with his kid yeah but when you raise when you raise a child in that atmosphere where you're not being honest with yourself and you're projecting that negativity like what are you doing to your child you know that's what i loved about american beauty that was a really good movie because of that it was a dark i mean what well, it really showed a lot of what yeah, deeper like, dark yeah, abnormal was, psychology is about like right, it really was, did well it's not even I mean, I wouldn't say some of that's not even necessarily abnormal. I mean, well, it's abnormal because it's not a it's not a consistent or general basis of most of the population. So it's an outlier in that sense. That's why it's called abnormal because it's not the norm. But you know what's normal? It's just the well, average you know, of everybody. So who cares? And I think it's that's just, true. It's just a way to describe you know its category of like what what quantity or level that it's at. So here we go yet again to have a tie in with the four agreements, right? So. You're talking about somebody who's not being truthful and honest with themselves, as yeah, well as not being word. truthful about who they are with the outside world. So, and well, how if that, you're not going to be honest with yourself, you're not going to be honest with everyone else. And and how you can take that on out on kids, your coworkers, your you know, your spouse, loved ones, or, neighbors, or the skinny kid at the gym. The skinny kid at the gym. You know, like when we were growing <laughs> up, like when we were kids. You know, like that was the. It was always the, if the jock was picking on somebody. It was always like either the fat kid or like the real, you know, scrawny dude, you know, who couldn't who couldn't lift fifty pounds, much less three fifty. <laughs> but oh. it's like there was so much so much judgment there, and how much of that was projection, and you know, well, right. I mean, how important is it? Number one, right? That's why it's number one. And that's what well, you know. Be honest with yourself, and well, just what, as you were talking about. Yeah, be, no, be they, impeccable with be your impeccable word. impeccable with your word is the way they put it, yeah. But also, as you were just talking about, yeah, make no assumptions. So when people are picking on you, when they're giving you crap, 
you know, you, you can't assume what it means as well as don't take it personal, which means if they're being nice to you or they're picking on you, that's still, not, it's, it has nothing to do with you. They're projecting. Yeah. Cause I mean, somebody's complimenting you. They're not they're complimenting you because yeah. of something you did. They're complimenting you because they want to, because it makes them feel good or it makes them feel a certain way. Well, no, when you're complimenting somebody, maybe you're seeing an aspect of them that you like when you see in yourself. That's so it's, it's more likely it's positive in nature, but you're it's still, still projecting. Projecting, yeah. Because I think you were discussing that with me when when I kept saying, "Well, most of the time," and you're like, "No, always, always." Yeah, you were always projecting because there's always that aspect of it because it's being perceived by the perceiver. It's being perceived by that. And this is so. This is why I've always there's, there's always a judgment there. Somewhere. I've always explained why it's okay to do presentations. And how you get people that typically don't want to speak, you know, they have a, a fear of speaking in public. I'm like, here's the deal. You're always presenting. When you're talking to one person, when you introduce yourself, when you do anything, you're literally presenting yourself. So whether you do it to one person or 100,000 people, you're still doing what you do. You've always been a presenter. You just don't like doing it in front of a lot of people because then you feel like people are actually like watching you. Who gives a crap? They're watching well, you because I'm, they want, want them to. to watch me, but it's the fear of judgment. I mean, well, that's really what it is. It's the fear of judgment. Well, not for everyone, but yeah, that's definitely a part. There's a and heaven forbid they should judge me as hard as I judge myself. Because oh my god, that would be killer. Dude, we're all our own worst <laughs> critics, which is typically why most sure. people are negative and project negativity. Right, but that's where that, that's beating that, themselves up on the inside. You know, that's where that fear comes from because. You know, you make the assumption that they're going to judge me as least as bad as I judge myself, but that's usually not the case. I've honestly, I've never been afraid of presenting or getting in front of people. I just never really wanted to, even though I do enjoy acting. Like I've always enjoyed acting and wanting to do, you know, presentation kind of stuff. But I never was like, I, it wasn't about doing it for a crowd. It was always just to just do what I wanted to do and just kind of act and just act out. But, you know, not to, like. To express yourself. But just to be a goofball too. Like Francis just making voice. Yeah. Just making voices, doing whatever. Like I just, I've always wanted to do that. I just, I never wanted to do it in front of a large group because I could care less about that. That was never the point of it. It was always just for me to enjoy what I do and just loving me. You know, as I got older, I just realized that, it, you know, I might as well. People enjoy it. So as you're as you're talking, I'm remembering a conversation I had with a friend of mine, actually at the at the pool club I used to be a member of when I was growing up. Swimming pool or swimming, shooting pool? Swimming pool. Okay. Um, so, yeah, during the summers, I was a member of the, the local swim club so that, you know, I could anytime I want from the hours that they were open anytime I want, I could ride my bike over there and, and hang out all day. And that was like, that was my summer entertainment. Right. As was for a lot of kids in the area. Right. Yeah. Cheap babysitter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and the, the conversation that I, that I, I mean, I can't remember any of it verbatim at this point, but I mean, the point of it was that I guess I had some kind of a realization of the way I put it to my friend was, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of where, I guess what I was really saying is I'm tired of worrying about what people think about me. And from now on, I'm going to be an asshole. That was actually the way I put it. But basically what I meant was I'm going to learn how to be myself and not worry about 
what other people think about me. And in, and in a way, the next school year, because that was in the summertime, the, the, you know, the school year that came right after that, right after the summer vacation was markedly better than the previous. <laughs> and I always think that how funny that was that it, it started from a statement like, I'm going to be an asshole. I'm going to be comfortable with allowing myself to be an asshole. Like I'm going to put me first was kind of, I mean, if you were to put it in better terminology, I think now that I'm thinking about it, that's really what I was, what I meant. Well, that you can be perceived as that from others and you don't give a crap. I'm not willing to be, I'm not going to be afraid of other people viewing me as an asshole anymore. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what it was. It was the limitation of, of always feeling like I have to say or do something that everybody else does or says because I want to fit in. I think really that's, that's the way I kind of put it to my friend at the time. Okay. Just as we're talking that just, I was remembering that memory in time, that moment. <laughs> so what you're that telling us emotion. is that you became an asshole at a young age. I, I made I made a conscious, I actually, that was what I said that I made a conscious nice decision. Catch. I'm going to be an asshole. And, He's an asshole. And now in review, I'm telling you probably more A-S-S-H-O-L-E. in more personal terms what, what I'm viewing that as. And that's what that whole thought process that was going on at the end of what you were saying. It just kind of tied me into that. So anyway. Do you like being tied up? I tied tied into that. Tied? <laughs> <laughs> just... I knew you were into some I didn't weird even stuff. What's your safe word? I didn't it's even okay. Walk you can in tell anything. me. You just kind of cr create this whole aura of yeah, weird. What's, what's your safe word? Don't <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm joking. Oklahoma's not my safe word. That's just <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was the one in your trip? Did you say Yes, I did. It was typed down on like a like a thin little strip of paper. Oh yeah, it was like what? It was like oh, it looked like a ticker tape from back in like the, you know the stock market days when they got the you know the freaking oh, uh, it's like a three foot long Chinese fortune said, cookie. Did, did you say and he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. that's it. Hiking flag and huddle you like, then, what? Yeah, and then when he came out with next, what was it like? Uh, oh, it was a three-headed monster that was... Was it uh, three or five? I thought it was... It might have been five. I don't know. Was, there was a lot <laughs> and it was motorized. He like... <laughs> like dude, this thing had a small engine on it. <laughs> like a Weebacker yeah. engine attached to it. Oh, it might have been bigger than that. I don't know. <laughs> You've seen Eurotrip, right? Oh, come How on. How long Oh, I've viewed it many a time. Well, at least it's you've seen while, that because you haven't seen Star Wars. We're going to talk about that later. Well, you know? Seriously, I mean, it's been on while I've been in the room. I've seen bits and pieces. Haven't it's, sat there long enough to watch oh, the whole thing. Oh, you're making me sad a little bit. My inner child is starting to weep at the moment. Just so you're aware, this is what you've done to it probably me. Probably wasn't even Star Wars. It was probably a New Hope. Oh God. It's probably uh, what. A New Hope. Yeah, that's uh, that when was they never the title. Yeah, when they changed it from being one, two, and three to being four, five, and six because that's its technical well, no. chronological it was order. Always, it was always four, five, and six, but the original movie was just Star Wars. 
So if any, you yeah, know, I know right, right. But the fact that it was produced seventy-seven, by the way, first, second, and third—that's to me. They'll always be one, two, and three. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there really is only one, two, and three. I mean, all the rest, yeah, sure, great. You know, story's awesome, but yeah, no, one, two, and three. That's it. Done. Where in so, reality, by comparison, so where is this, yeah, I'm sorry. Where is this spreadsheet? It's in my computer. Your pooter. My computer. Have we been adding to it? I have not had a moment to actually sit down and go through movies, but um, I I am staging for it because I'm adding a second monitor. So I just got some adapters so that I can. So what he's saying is he opened the file and he glanced at it. He gave it a gander and then he closed it. Well, no, I'm also uh, doing equipment stuff too because uh, doing that taught me that the fact that I can use two screens, it's going to be better because then I can run the spreadsheet on one screen the movie on the other because I'm going to have to put data as well as like some information data. Yeah. Per, and information per quote Mama. as far as like what the quote is and then also what it's rating is the, it, it'll have a timestamp where I can, you know, do a double tap as far as like start finish. It'll calculate that time. Once it's done, it'll add all that up. Give me a ratio of how many minutes the movie is and how many minutes of it was quotable as well as the average of all of those scenes with the one to 10 rating on each, what the general average of that. So, I mean, yeah, I, sitting down and doing that, I have it pretty much all planned out. I just, I got to finish putting the, uh, the equipment. I just got the adapter. So now I got to, I got to figure out which cable is going to work best and then get that worked up. So yeah, it's coming soon. I'm, I'm getting there. That's why I'm, I'm putting all this stuff together. Data. Yeah. This is more than just a spreadsheet. Like Nobody care about I got to, I got to set this up. No, data, data fine. <laughs> data, data fine. Fo <laughs> data folly. Nobody care about data. Data's fine, okay? <laughs> data folly. And they, they tell me stairs. I know there's stairs. Data's not fine. Nobody care about data. I uh, love me some data. It's just a power. Yeah, man. You know, he's uh, double or negative. Not double or negative. Double or seven. <laughs> yeah, data's like one of the greatest characters of all time. Slick shoes. Yeah, I know. I was just like, hey, guys, slick shoes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, blinders. And he just like pops those things. Oh, only problem, batteries don't last so long. <laughs> Blinded everybody in the room and then they just shut down. Yeah, and his dad apparently is the same way. He's like, uh, you know, inventor, but horrible inventor. Like his stuff just doesn't quite work right. Uh, it's like that uh, this, good, good this salesman character in the, in the Gremlins. I was thinking that. Yeah, the the father was the, the failed buddy. inventor. Was yeah, that the, thing had like a Swiss Army knife with eighty five attachments. It was ridiculous. Had like an automatic toothpaste dispenser and yeah, shaving cream and shaving, razor. Yeah. It had everything. It, it was just like a really large Swiss Army knife that just had everything on it, like screwdriver, Nobody spare key. That. Nobody wanted razor. You know what I call that? Convenient. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Very well done. That's right. Very well, well done. This is what I'm saying. Her time is impeccable. It's, you know, she fits right in. I mean, you know, yeah. The idea of replacing her with somebody right now just seems atrocious. It we're, this, this it's is not going to happen. That can't happen. No, it's not. Well, I would. That's what. I'm, and we already quadrupled her pay. She's already. True. She's already getting high twenties. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> whenever we, yeah. Right. I mean, they're they're virtual highs, but you well, know, for now, we still slap hands. Slap hands. You no, know, we've been Slap talking about hands. maybe doing, you know. It's like the Bitcoin versus USD. <laughs> it's, 
it's it's kind, still money, isn't it? It's kind of I, real. It's, it's kind of real. Well, money's kind of virtual anymore anyway. I mean, it's all digital currency. We see, really. and you know what? Remember, remember in Max Headroom? Remember that? Right? The show Max Headroom? Nobody? I remember the show, yeah. Well, in that, they all had single currency that was only digital and it was basically like you had a chip and so when you went to like buy your groceries or go on the subway anything like you had to use your chip so that if at any point in time they're like they want to just take your money your chip is just like oh my god no longer works wait no this is a serious thing though so in switzerland <laughs> i, I believe it is no, in Switzerland, they're actually microchipping the residents or like the employees that work in Switzerland. And they're using it as like transactions, like banking and everything. So like you swipe your arm to like get in the no. train and stuff and, like that. That's what they're trying. And not even to be conspiracy theorists. Like I don't, I don't want that on my person because then somebody's just going to cut my freaking hand off at the wrist and take all my money anyway. Well, I would assume that it's probably biometrics so that you would have to have it physically plugged in and it might be like DNA sensitive. So People will find a way. There's always a way. A, a, you know, and necessity is a mother of all inventions. Start heating and passing blood through the organ that you've cut off and just, you know, it's keep just, it sustained. The new identity I just got army of the dead. What is it? Um, with Bruce Campbell, uh, Evil Dead. There you go. With the freaking hand being chopped off the and chainsaw. stuff, the chainsaw. Yeah, hand. dude, just the hand like running around, just like charging <laughs> stuff. Like, dude, the hand would be at like the strip club, just like oh yeah, and it just like wipes its butt basically because it's its wrist. It's just like doo doo. It's just like all good, baby. <laughs> Little hand getting lap dances. It's just the hand being on the it's bottom, like, <laughs> getting suffocated. Like thing from the Adam's family, was it? Oh, crawling on your shoulder and stuff. Yeah, there was a couple of them that did that because then there was also the. Um, Oh man, what wasn't was that the, from an old black and white movie originally? Where the I think so. The, I was, believe that was yeah, probably some kind the of weird original voodoo thing where the guy's hand got taken over by this evil spirit, or was it an organ uh, replacement oh, or something? Do you remember that? Wasn't um, Seth Green? Idle hands. Idle hands. Yeah. Yeah. Is that really a Seth Green movie? Well, yeah, he was uh, yeah. one of the buddies. He wasn't the main. But uh, there was like, was it this like mm -hmm. hand attacking the person? So his holding, friend. Yeah his hand became possessed by the devil because the devil would come out. I think it was like every hundred years or <laughs> no, something. No, but I think there was actually an old black and white movie. Yeah, I agree with that too, but we're on to idle hands now, so catch up. I might've actually been called <laughs> idle hands. I don't know. It might've been, yeah, it might've been a remake. I don't know. Yeah, you, yeah, right. I don't, yeah, that's- Because I seem to remember a movie called Idle Hands. It was an old black and white. Could be. I don't know. We do have a fact checker that can- Well, yeah. Um, I, I on it. Maybe wrong, but- but yeah, so Idle Hands, it was um, the the main character, his hand, just like, uh, you know, like Evil Dead, he, um, uh, he, his, his hand, his hand basically, uh, I forget which, I think it was left or something, because he was just a total stoner wasteoid who did like nothing. So his hands were truly idle, right? <laughs> All he did was like eat cereal, watch MTV, like play video games, just like, you know, typical teenager kind of stuff, but like way, way too much. He'd like pass out and the hand would just do its own thing. And Well, so his, hands, his hand was becoming possessed because the devil had to come back like once every century and it would have to do it as like, you know, it would take over the hand first and then attempt to take over the body. 
Well, he, I swear to God, I think this was based on an old black and white. It's movie. possible, but yeah. So he chops his hand off. Oh. So just like in Evil Dead, it's like the same thing where the hand becomes possessed and he's like, oh, I'll just cut it off. Uh, it's like, dude, you just set that thing free. <laughs> so, but yeah, Seth Green was one of the friends of him. All right, we have a hand up over here. We may have some. And we, haven't, we, we do not have an idle hand. It's waving. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey. So, it does appear to be a black and white movie, but it was filmed in 1980 or released in 1981 and it was called The Hand. The hand. Okay. Okay. There you go. So I knew there was something. And he was a cartoonist. See if okay. Just and? Well, she's reading. she's reading. Well, he was a cartoonist whose hand is severed in an auto accident. His marriage and career fall apart. And then the hand mysteriously returns and on uh, its own has a murder spree. Okay. Wait, wasn't there a movie? Wasn't there a movie about a guy who got a replacement heart, like a donor heart from somebody who died, but then they started taking on the personality of the? Oh yeah, he was like it was a murderer's heart or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I feel like that was like late eighties, like Charles Lee Ray. Yeah, like like late eighties, early nineties or something. Is that a good reference right there? (laughs) (laughs) Like the heart of Charles (laughs) Lee Ray. Yeah, right. What was? Oh, what? uh, That's um, Charles. It's, oh yeah, Chucky. Chucky. Thank you. Yep, that was Chucky, man. Yeah, so I was like, why? Why is it not? Because we even saw like Chuck D earlier, and he even said Chucky. Chucky. Like, it should have been there. Wow, that's a weird coincidence. It is a weird. That's how it works. <laughs> Chucky, man, that was one of the last movies that really scared me. That was yeah. Why? Because it's possible that like a doll could come to life. No, I mean, I was. I don't know. It was the age I was where like that. That wall actually was between that and wait, what year did um, Poltergeist come out? Cause that ooh eighty six or eighty seven. That one, yeah, Poltergeist was like way back the original one. Yeah, Craig T. Nelson. But I think after that, the last As movie, the dad, the last yeah, that's true, right? The last movie 82. after that, eighty two. What was eighty two? Mm-hmm. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Eighty. Wow, eighty two. The 82. first one. I was little. Um, Holy crap! I was little, bro. Are we sure the one the one with Craig T. Nelson? Like, yeah, because I'm living. Come to lie, Caroline. That one. Yeah, I would have been very young. See, that one was the one, like, dude, the scary, weird clown in the closet. Like that freaked me out as like a kid. I still laugh. Or, like the tree coming to life and like trying to reach into the room and when shit. I say and, at the at the time that was the last movie that scared me for a while, and until until Child's Play, and I don't know why, but. Something about a, an, an, a doll that's coming to life and killing people just freaks me out. It was like that old China doll. Well, Wasn't that an old uh, old horror story from way back when? Like a, when people actually like used to Annabelle read books? Do you remember? Yeah, I was going to say Annabelle. They also do it as like the nesting dolls. Do you remember when people used to read books? Do you remember that? Do you remember when people would read books? <laughs> Did people do that at one point? Didn't people actually have- Read books, right? Nobody like open it up and go page by page. At like, one literally point. read a book. Yeah. Yeah, you remember when people literally read books, but like I'm pretty sure they still read them, but Are you sure? Yeah, they just it's uh like it's a I, digital I, copy I, though. I feel occasionally. Oh wow. So you're talking about physical pages. Like an actual physical book. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah, Does that I, still happen. Is there a point the to that or are you just kind of curious? I mean, was eighty two. 
Oh, wow. the, that, that, that Then it went 86, 88 in 2015. Oh, so Poltergeist 2 was 86. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess at, at the age that I was at, I mean, it's scary enough because, okay, they, they made sense out of it, right? It was an old Indian burial ground or something like that. that yeah, they disturbed no, the- No, they uh, only removed the gravestones. And, uh, I don't know if it was Indian. It was just, <clears throat> it was just cemetery. So they, 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 and it was the thing is like, they were supposed to dig up all of the, the caskets, like dig up all of the they graves actually move the and relocate. They didn't do that. They just redid, they just did the headstones. They just moved the headstones. It's cheaper, you know? Well, yeah. And, and then, then smoothed out the land again and then just built right over top of those dead bodies. Yeah. And I think in the second one, there was the, uh, the pasture or whatever was coming after Caroline cause she's special or whatever. <laughs> cause she's able to cross over and stuff. So he's trying to use her to help I mean, him cross back over or just something the first like that. One, or, and the, the point that I was trying to make with that is that at the, at the age that I was impressionable, that movie really affected me until my, my brother started making fun of it. During one of my subsequent viewings of that movie, he started making fun of it to the point where like, I couldn't see it as scary anymore. And it was really kind of, he's like, he's like, look at that monster hanging in the doorway. What is that? It's like made out of cotton candy. And like, I just bust out laughing. Like I just totally lost it. And then I, I started realizing that it's just Hollywood. It's not real. It's not. Well, that's what goes you know. back to what I was talking about, where you got to embrace your pain, man. You got to laugh at it <laughs> too, for real. Like that's what it is. Cause if not, then it's just going to scare you because it's going to be this thing that seems so huge or monstrous. Once you like look at it like a piece of cotton candy instead, then it's just so like, maybe I should have had my brother sitting next to me the first time I watched child's play because then that wouldn't have affected me. the way it did. I guess. I don't know. What year was that? Child's play was. I think that was like eight. Wasn't that like 87? 87, 89. 80, yeah. I feel like it was like the later 80s. I was way off on freaking really poltergeist. 90s? I don't even know. I was off by that on freaking four years. Late 80s, I'm going with. I want to say 89. That's what I'm thinking. Let's see. 1989. Survey number. says. Sound of the funky drummer. Music hitting you so hard because you know we got soul. Brothers and sisters. Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is this where we're at on this? Is, is the way it is now? Is yeah, it's 88. Yeah, I was right. All right. Uh, 88, well, it's close. <laughs> anyway, as I rant <clears throat> and rave. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be an episode if that didn't happen. We haven't quoted, we haven't quoted Beastie Boys in a while. And it always like, seems we go completely off the rails when it's just about time to quit, doesn't it? Well, no, it's usually we're getting into a place of like some serious conversation and it's just like, oh, I really want to keep going. Oh, sorry. Time to go. Well, we may just, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll just start. Go down to the bay let it or keep, eat some hay. Let it keep recording. I just may. After <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Just, all right. All right, Adam Sandler. <laughs> all right. I, ha I do. I had to. That's where you took me. I was just looking for the other pieces of this bottle. Oh, there's some right there. There's some right there. Put that down. Yeah, I was about to do that. Let's, let's put that right there. Okay. <laughs> go to Sizzler. I do it. <laughs> hey, Shooter, want to go to Sizzler? I'm buying. Shoot your eye out, kid. It's, <laughs> oh, because I said Shooter. Shooter McGavin. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. Is it, uh, you uh, eat shit for breakfast? No. Well, I mean, you know, he's, he, that's what he says. I eat, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. That's kind of gross, bro. <laughs> you can't take her stuff. She's, yeah, she's old. As usual. She's, she's just too old. You can't. 
when we start getting real deep into it, it usually means it's uh, it's getting close to time to getting. Cl- it's closing it's, time. It's pretty much yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to go home. Yeah, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> I mean, you can't stay here, but you know, not like here, here with us here. Not in now. this room. Well, all, I mean, you know, whatever room you're in. We're all fine here now. How are you? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom. <laughs> no, it's Star Wars. <laughs> I was just, hi, I'm Tom. That's just me. Yeah, I'm sorry what happened. I blacked out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that will that will happen. Dude, that was, we said it was like just something about repeating or like you kept saying repeat. I was like, yeah, that will happen. A repeating repeater. Yeah. No, that's what, um, yeah. Yeah, right this way, Galifianakis. Not so good with the words and stuff. Yeah, my my word things don't don't work so well. (laughs) I'm not I'm not properly educated. Yeah, I'm not a gadget. I mean, you have you have an excuse. You've been dropped on your head by yourself and others multiple times. Mostly mostly by myself. (laughs) On on you can't laugh at his pain. That's (laughs) he's supposed to laugh at his pain, not the. Mostly, not be laughing mostly, when it was <laughs> mostly by myself on onto a um, a plethora of different surfaces. <laughs> oh, I love you know, plethora. A plethora. Yeah, apparently you hit your head enough times that you now use the well, word plethora. I, you know, I tested it out inside a steel drum, <laughs> uh, some macadam, a uh, concrete curb. I mean, I've, you know, I've, I was testing the hardness of my head. I guess which is what's going on. What? What? <laughs> No, it's uh, it's time to. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it is actually time. Yeah, we, we gotta, weren't we weren't messing with you. This is real. We got to wrap it up. Wrap with me. Well, it's been very real as usual, and um, it, yeah. literally at the last minute, you got to play with the mic now. Yes, that you're. I'm gonna send you to like freaking etiquette school minute. or something. The mics keep rolling. We're just gonna cut it here. No, we uh, we gotta go. Um, yeah. So this is uh, so I'm telling you. Um, and again, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can just hit us up at ity at directionsmusic.org or gemini at directionsmusic.org or philly d at directionsmusic.org. Double L Y. P H I double L Y D. Yeah. And the letter D. Yeah. But, um, and this show is brought to you by the letters. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want to, if you want to reach out to us, please do. Um, but yeah. Philly D. Mr. Gemini. And a fact checker extraordinaire. JD. Yeah, uh, be good to yourself. Be good to everyone else. Peace. Much love. Peace. Peace.